In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me. A sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given His only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by His authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our King, salvation. 
for all you came to bring. O Lord Jesus, God's own Son, our mediator at the heavenly throne, hear our cry and grant our supplication. last hour, that we leave this sinful world with gladness. Eleison, eleison. The Lord be with you. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the first Sunday in Advent is written in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. So then the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, then they will live in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13. And do this, that is, show love, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because your salv our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This too took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Words have meanings. And yet it seems to me that, that it is common for people to, to regularly use words that don't actually mean what they want to say. Uh, maybe an example of this is... Uh, the word literally. People will use this term all the time. We use it for something, uh, something like, um, you literally scared me to death. Which, if it were true, you would be dead. You didn't literally do that. It, it, people doing things like that makes me want to you know, yell at them, saying, you, 
You keep using that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means. But the fact that people don't know what the words mean also means they don't really know why they use it. Most likely, they use it because other people talk that way. All around them, they hear it constantly. The crowd says these things, and so they say it too. Another example, especially at this time of year, could be the word Christmas. People use it all the time, regularly used for many things that have nothing to do with Christ or the celebration of his birth on our Lord's nativity. There's another word, a word in our gospel for today that is likewise used commonly, especially here in church, a word that we use every single Sunday here in church that I think falls under this category. It is the word Hosanna. Maybe you know what it means. Maybe you don't. Either way, why do you keep on using it? You might respond, well, it's printed in the order. It's in the liturgy. I have to. It's not the worst reason in the world. It's possibly all the reason that it was spoken on the day our Lord rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. That's why it was used on their lips because Jesus, along with the crowds entering into Jerusalem, they were going to Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover. And the word Hosanna, along with the phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that comes from Psalm 118 which was part of a set of psalms that were designated to be sung at the Passover. So, so they were singing it part kind of like a Passover liturgy. But why? What does it mean? Hosanna. It's, it comes from two Hebrew words that are tra- transliterations of two Hebrew words. The, the ending of it, the, the na part is a is a word that means that it's an entreaty like a like a desperate urgent begging pleading especially for someone in authority like a king i beg you i pray you and the hosa part means save rescue us You put it together and it means something like, save now, we pray. It is a desperate cry, urgent cry for rescue. I'm afraid that's not always how it gets used, though. Perhaps that's because it gets used so often, because we we sing it every communion, every Sunday, because they sang it at least every Passover, although that helps us understand why it never got translated out of Hebrew. I assume that the evangelists who wrote down what happened, what the crowds said, they heard the Hebrew or the Aramaic syllables, Hoshiana. But when they wrote it down in Greek, they didn't write it down in a Greek word. They wrote down a Hebrew word with Greek letters. And ever ever since then, all of our Bibles, all of our languages do the same and so does our liturgy. But commonly, words that we speak so often, we don't really know what they mean anymore. And in in practice, this word, I think, gets turned around from being an urgent entreaty to the king to, which is similar, to a, a shout of acclamation or almost like a salute. And so you'll hear some explanations of the word Hosanna say that it, that it means something kind of like an equivalent to God save the king. Like it's a salute to a higher up saying that the king is to be saved. And that functions similar to our English word hail. Hail king, hail Caesar. Or in German they use the word heil, like heil Hitler. Interesting, like that word, both of the word hail and heil in German they also correspond back to the word save. I don't know that's how it was always used. 
I'm sure there were some people, many people, I'm sure, who saluted Hitler and his regime because they believed Hitler and the Nazis were good for their country and their people. He was their savior. But there were plenty of other people who may have uttered the word simply because it was expected of them, because everyone else, the crowds, were doing it, but they knew that Hitler was not their savior. And so it is that not everyone who sings Hosanna means what they say. Either because they don't think they really need saving or that this Jesus is not the one to do it. When the children of Israel were were captive, when they were slaves in the land of Egypt, God brought his people out with a, a mighty arm and an outstre- a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Later on, when God's people were captive in, in Babylon, as he had promised, after 70 years, God brought his people back to their own land as Jeremiah spoke today. When the Jews of Jesus' day were under the oppression of, of now the mighty Roman Empire, God did as he had promised. He came, he sent them a savior, someone, a hero, to rescue them. But the rescue comes when they see their king riding on a donkey. He does not come as a mighty warrior on a a steed meant for battle, He doesn't come and wipe out their political enemy and send the Romans running home. Instead, Jesus comes born king of the Jews. He comes entering in, riding on a donkey into Jerusalem, the capital city. But instead of marching on towards Herod's palace, Jesus went to the temple. In Jerusalem, he taught. In Jerusalem, he celebrated the Passover. In Jerusalem, he fulfilled the Passover by offering himself up as a sacrifice, not as a rescue to rescue his people from Egypt or Babylon or from the tyranny of Rome but precisely that his holy precious blood might ransom his people from their tyranny to sin, death, and hell, which we must know is an enemy far worse. We sing all together Hosanna. But what rescue, what urgent plea do we need make? Especially if we think, we think that our greatest challenge today is runaway inflation. Or our biggest challenge is the increasing bureaucracy and red tape in government or a nanny state. In other words, our real problem, the thing that's keeping us back and holding us back, is an oppressive, overreaching government, let's say. Or we might think, on the other hand, that the problem is that this government doesn't do enough to help us. And what we need for them to do is is more regulation, more, more help, more evening things out, more handouts. Either the government is to be our savior, it will fix our problem, or it is the problem, unless we can just get the right person elected and then they'll save us. But if that's your problem, if that's what you really need, if if that's what really makes you cry out for help, desperate, urgent, then Jesus will surely disappoint And then your hosannas, no matter how many times you sing them, at best will be a salute. How do you do? 
if on the other hand, no matter what the empire, the kingdom, the country, or the regime you live under, no matter what it is in this life that oppresses you, that threatens you, if you recognize the one who rides in on a donkey as your king, then you also must recognize that you have failed and offended the king. He is righteous, but you are not. And that's why you hide your deeds in your words and your thoughts. You hide them in the darkness of night or you hide them in the dark corners of your memory, hidden even from your honest reflection of your conscience. It's no wonder then that everything around us in this life is broken. Everything that should just work, our, our bodies, our minds, our relationships, even our computers and our cars, everything breaks. Because everywhere you go, no matter what you do, no matter how you try, your sins follow you because your sinful nature is part of your flesh and it threatens, it threatens to hurt, to enslave you forever, never to be set free. Until finally everything is destroyed and you lie rotting in the grave. What joy. What Hope, what delight is yours this day then when your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. He's not coming to you in righteousness to shame you, to accuse you, or even to control you. He comes to forgive you he comes you to, to clothe you, not, not in your garments. Those are best put underfoot. He comes to clothe you in his own robe of righteousness. He comes to save you. Hosanna means save now, we pray. Do you know what else comes from that same Hebrew word, that save word in Hosanna? the name Jesus. Hosanna is your cry. Jesus is your answer. And he comes to you today. Not that you can see him, for he does not appear visibly, yet you cannot see his face. You can, though, hear his word when his word is proclaimed, when we are gathered in his name, in the name of the Lord, he is among us to bless us and to save us. And if you look, that is, if you look with the eyes of, of faith, you look according to his word and promise, you, you can even see him with your eyes. Because he's given us a visible word. We call them sacraments. And you can see water. You can see bread and wine. And by faith you say, that's, that's him. You can see him. Riding still today on a lowly beast of burden. Today being you. The donkey that carries the king today are your hands, your lips, your tongue. It's you. And he comes even today not again to burden you, not for, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He comes to give you rest. Sabbath. That's why we sing Hosanna. That's why we come to the divine service on the Lord's day. It is to receive your king. 
to entreat this king with urgency in this our world of sin and sorrow. We call on him. We plead for him to to be our Jesus, to, to be our Savior, that he may save us now, that he may give himself to us now, clothe us now. We cry out, Hosanna. And by his mercy, we mean what we say. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty,
To you, O Lord, we lift up our souls, and in you we put our trust. Do not let us be ashamed of our hope, but come quickly. Sustain us by your Holy Spirit, that we may have joy at the advent of Christ our Savior. Lord, in your mercy, be with your whole church. Lord, that as we wait for the coming of Christ our King, our hearts may be filled with his joy and our lips with his praise. Lord, in your mercy, look favorably on our parish and especially our catechumens, that we may live sober lives, casting out the deeds of darkness as we wait for the revealing of our Savior from heaven. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, guard the schools of the church, that in them your word may be taught in its truth and purity, and that Christ may dwell in the hearts of both teachers and students by faith. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, behold our nation and its leaders and protect our armed forces, taking them under your care and blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Show compassion to the sick, the suffering, and those in need. Give relief to their pain, increase their faith, and grant healing and peace according, in accordance with your wisdom and will. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort those who mourn with your promises in Christ and fulfill their hearts with the peace that passes understanding. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed are you, O Lord, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who came in your name to save us from sin and death. As he visits us this day with his body and blood under the bread and wine, give us penitent hearts that worthily welcome his coming and rejoice in his gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, you declared that the days were coming when you would accomplish our salvation. And in your time, you caused your son, the righteous branch, to spring up for David. By your grace, keep us joined as branches to Christ, that we might bear fruit until the day he returns in glory. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is good and right so to It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Jesus Christ, through you all things were created, and through you all things have their purpose. You judge the world through water, but save believing Noah and the church with the same righteous flood. With water, you rescued Israel from slavery, destroying her enemy in the Red Sea, and led her through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. You spoke through the prophets, ruled through the kings, and mediated through the priests on behalf of your people. Until it was time for your blessed passion, the sacrifice of the true Lamb of God. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, 
he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ, you did not turn away from the stroke of justice we deserved, but absorbed its blow only to rise three days later. As you promised your apostles, so comfort us with the knowledge that you have ascended into heaven to prepare eternal bliss for us and rule all things in our favor, that we may carry out your Pentecost command to preach the gospel to all nations. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures We give thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this Holy Supper. We pray that through it you will strengthen our faith in you and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.